is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're some man, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. I am the game. Costoco said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Lord. Be the man. You gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I've come here to fight. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. Yeah, you can be the greatest, you can be the best You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the war You can talk to God, go banging on his door You can throw your hands up, you can beat the clock You can move a mountain, you can break rocks You can be a master, don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself Welcome back, old school fans. It's Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast here on the SNS Radio Network. And I'm back once again, your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, to take you through the annals of time to relive the greatest in sports entertainment. Tonight's edition is long overdue. This is technically take two of... Part 2 of the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame. Like I mentioned previously, we lost the first recording of this during the WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. So I decided to re-record it. I guaranteed, like Mr. McMahon used to say, I guaranteed that we would have this content for you. A little delayed, a couple of months, but... I decided to bring it back, of course, full steam. We added a little, a little bit more in terms of clips and audio for you to listen to, and I decided to divide it up. Instead of doing parts one and part two, we'll split it up into three parts. So tonight, we're going to look back at the careers of Mr. T and Jake the Snake Roberts. We were able to recover the Mr. T recording, but we did lose Jake's. So tonight... We're going to dive into both of their careers and look back at why they're deserving of being members of the WWE Hall of Fame. What can you say about Jake the Snake Roberts? A true uh, true legend in this business. A legendary career. Ups and downs. Overcome demons and the dark side of professional wrestling and as of now has prevailed and is now a bright spot from the industry amazing amazing story and we'll get into it tonight mr t the impact he played in this business is a bit underrated i would say truly wrestlemania 
was what it was in part due to Mr. T. Him and Mike Tyson, I think, are the two most powerful celebrities to ever be involved in WWE. And both were involved at two pivotal WrestleMania moments and, and periods in WrestleMania history from the dawn of the industry of WrestleMania and the now entity. It's it's a whole business in itself. It's a monster, a juggernaut. Mr. T helped li- lift it, helped launch it from the ground and lift it up and propel it to heights we never imagined or dreamed of and then of course Mike Tyson pushed things along when they needed to be when they were desperate the springboard the launching pad to relate the two during the attitude era so Mr. T I think is deserving of being a member of the Hall of Fame, despite what some may say, including Mr. Roddy Piper. On the very first edition of Beyond the Bell, we discussed how Mr. T and Roddy Piper didn't get along. We had some very controversial and popular comments that Roddy Piper made when we talked about the WrestleMania Dream Card. So we're taking you back to the first edition of Beyond the Bell, over 130 episodes ago, 130 episodes in the making, you can say. We look back at Mr. T's career. Now, in the coming weeks, we'll also play back part three of the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame, and we'll look back at the careers of Paul Bearer and Scott Hall. I'm excited for that final edition, looking back at this year's inductees. Part one, you can check out right now on btbcast.com and for the time being at ringannouncing.com. Slowly, we're going to be merging all the content related to Beyond the Bell over to btbcast.com. All of the shows are now archived at the brand new site. So ringannouncing.com will be more so phased out in terms of podcast content for Beyond the Bell as I mainly want to focus that portion on ring announcing that part of my career and voiceover work and have btbcast.com to be your hub, your home for Beyond the Bell. Of course, they're going to be tied together. It's hard not to be, and I do want news and notes related to the podcast to be on ringannouncing.com because it is a big part of my career and my broadcasting career and duties. So that is, of course, going to be always linked together. But the hub for Beyond the Bell is going to be btbcast.com and our official Facebook page, which I hope to be ramping up even further, facebook.com forward slash btbcast. You can find the first edition of the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame as we look back at the careers of Carlos Colon, Lita, and unfortunately now the late but great Ultimate Warrior. Amazing that I recorded that segment Speaking of the Ultimate Warrior, before he passed away, such a shocking turn of events. And we'll recap that, of course, at the end of the year, looking back at 2014. But you can check out part one now at btbcast.com, ringannouncing.com, and snsradionetwork.com. So after this short break, we're going to take you back in time to relive the career of the very first major celebrity to be involved in WrestleMania, quite possibly the celebrity in mainstream media to propel the WWF into brand new heights. And quite possibly this celebrity made WrestleMania and helped create what it is to this very day. Right after this break, we look back at I pity the fool, Mr. T. 
No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you feeling down in the dumps because you live outside the United States and maybe you can't get the WWE Network? Maybe you'd like to watch Netflix from the American region. But since you're in another country, it doesn't work for you? Well, I've got the solution for you. The SNS Radio Network is recently affiliated with UnblockUs.com. If you go to the SNS Radio Network page and click the UnblockUs.com banner ad, you can sign up to get a VPN. Not sure what a VPN is? Well, it basically protects your identity online. Basically, it gives you an address online where the content you want becomes available. Here's how it works. When you click the link on the SNS Radio Network banner, it takes you to unblockus.com. And from that link, you can sign up for a free one-week trial. If you decide to sign up afterward, it's only $4.99 a month. And when you think about it, that's great savings. $4.99 a month allows you to watch American Netflix or any region of Netflix that you'd like to watch. And here's the biggie, folks. If you don't have the WWE Network, you live in the UK, you live in another country outside the United States, unblockus.com can set you up for $4.99 a month with a VPN that will allow you to have access to the WWE Network and all regions of Netflix. And you can watch it on your PS3, your Xbox 360, any device you have, you're able to use with unblockus.com. And the best part about it is, I'm not just talking about this, I'm using this service myself. So once again, go to the SNS Radio Network, click on the Unblock Us banner, and from there, sign up. And if you do that, you help to support the SNS Radio Network as they give a kickback to us to help keep all the shows on the SNS Radio Network for free. Once again, unblockus.com, giving you freedom online. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Get ready to feel the heat, old school fans, as your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell, brings you the live pre-show to Sunday Night Showdown, presenting SummerSlam. One hour before the showdown, your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, covers the history of SummerSlam, the greatest moments most memorable matches and superstars will share your thoughts and memories live and break down the upcoming card. So get ready to feel the heat as we celebrate the biggest event of the summer, SummerSlam, with the live pre-show to Sunday Night Showdown here on SNSRadioNetwork.com. Welcome everyone, Gorilla Monsoon here at ringside with my colleague Jesse the Body Ventura. On March 31st, 1985, the world watched as a global phenomenon was born. It featured the biggest stars from sports, music, entertainment, and... He was a household name. Everybody loved Mr. T. Anytime you need me, I'll be there, brother. He was a big star. He was on a big hit television show called The A-Team. The A-Team and Rocky III were very big at the time, and so that brought a lot of people interested in Mr. T to the WWE. When I looked for a partner, man, I had to look all over the world in the baddest dudes I could find. That's what I wanted. Hulk Hogan managed to pull him aside for WrestleMania 1, and I mean, it was a home run. 
The whole world knows about this, man. Hulk Hogan and Mr. T start to track the dream team, man. The dream team. It was WWE crossing over into being entertainment. I paid him, ooh, I paid him the dead meat. Dead meat, that's what I said. know if we needed Liberace. I don't even know if we needed Muhammad Ali. A slam by Mr. T as Piper goes down. Oh! Having Mr. T in the match was really important. An essential part in the success of the first WrestleMania, Mr. T solidified his place in WWE history in one of the main events of WrestleMania 2 against Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper. You see, I dubbed this fight the Great White Hope against the Great Big Dope Brother. All right. This man's a chump. He ain't never had no gloves on. I thank you, he Mr. Can't even T. Wrestle. For him to be involved, it put our WWE superstars right on the same level with television and movie superstars. For his crucial role in bringing WWE to the forefront of pop culture, the WWE welcomes Mr. T into the WWE Hall of Fame Celebrity Wing. Look at me. This is a comeback zone. We're going to stay hungry, man. Mr. T, ladies and gentlemen, you heard what he said. There's nobody can do the job like me. That's why they call me. You know I'm ready. Mr. T was born on May 21st, 1952, in the rough south side of Chicago. He is the second youngest of 12 children. He has four sisters, seven brothers, and grew up in government housing. His father left when he was five years old. Mr. T's brothers encouraged him to build up his body in order to survive. He needed to. He always said, if you think I'm big, you should see my brothers. His mother is a religious woman who had a strong influence on him. He attended Dunbar Vocational High School. He was a football star, studied martial arts, and was a three-time city wrestling champion. He won a scholarship to Prairie View A&M University in Texas, but was thrown out after only a year. After that, he went to a couple of little colleges and small entities in Chicago, always on an athletic scholarship. When he left college, Mr. T was a military policeman in the U.S. Army. After that, he was invited to try out for the Green Bay Packers, but a knee injury finished his professional football career. He was always very athletic. When he wasn't working as a bodyguard, he filled in by working as a bouncer. His days as a military policeman, like I mentioned, helped him gain a reputation as one of Chicago's toughest and most infamous bouncers. Mr. T began protecting stars such as Steve McQueen, Diana Ross, and Muhammad Ali, fellow WrestleMania 1 star. He changed his name in 1970, then later on he changed it to Mr. T, as he states in order that people would have to address him as Mr. Now, most notably, it was while reading National Geographic that Mr. T first saw the hairstyle for which he is now famous for. He witnessed that hairstyle on a Mandinka warrior. 
he felt that adopting that style was a powerful statement about his origins. He wasn't so far off either. In 1975, he worked for a while as a gym teacher. In 1982, Mr. T was spotted by Sylvester Stallone as he was on the TV show Games People Play, taking part in the world's toughest bouncer contest. From that point on, Stallone knew he saw a star in Mr. T. He received a role in Rocky III that was originally intended as just a character with a few lines, but Stallone built up the part around the man. Mr. T played Clubber Lang, a boxer pitted against the film's main character, Rocky Balboa. It was during the filming of this movie that Mr. T coined his infamous catchphrase, I pity the fool. I should uh, step down, maybe, and retire. You're not why you can? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. You got your shot. Now give me mine. Why'd you get the hell out of there? Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. And why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? Politics, man. This country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. I don't want a man like me to have the title because I'm not a puppet like that fool up there. You know, you've got a big mouth, you know? Why don't you come out and close your bad boy? Come on. Come on. guy's crazy. Don't listen to him. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people and lay out the truth. I am ranked number one. One! That means I'm the best. But this bomb been taking the easy matches. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here, I'll fight him anywhere, anytime, for nothing. Fight him, fight But you people ain't never gonna see that happen because he's gonna retire. You see, he don't fight no real man. He fight them setups. What? You're as disgraced to this sport. Shut up, old man! You and that chump don't know where I to come from. Bad boy, your family doing real nice, ain't it? You call yourself a fighter? Prove it now. Give me that same chance. The way he's been ducking is the disgrace. If he ain't no coward, why don't he fight me then? I can't listen any more of this. Hey, anytime. I don't care what you're right. You don't get no shot, and I mean that. I'm glad you people are seeing this here. What are you doing? Because I want to fight this guy. Well, you got him. You'll fight him without me. What are you saying? It's finished. Yes, I'm finished. I don't want no more of this. I don't want no more. Hey woman. Hey woman. Listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. You want you get out of the film, as we all know, became a blockbuster hit, grossing over $125 million at the box office. Audiences loved Mr. T's over-the-top character, and his performance made him an overnight sensation. Taking advantage of his newly found fame, Mr. T landed a starring role in another box office hit, DC Cab, in 1983. He also premiered in his own cartoon series, I remember this, Mr. T, which aired on NBC. The cartoon featured Mr. T as the owner of a gym who fought crime and solved mysteries. Fitting, right? Gaining a reputation as an advocate and role model for young people, Mr. T began aiming more of his work around helping youths. In 1984, he released a music album entitled Mr. T's Commandments that encouraged children to make good choices. He followed the success of this album with a motivational video and film soundtrack called 
be somebody or be somebody's fool. This was aimed at encouraging children to make responsible decisions. A year later, Mr. T signed on to the new television drama, The A-Team, a show about four Vietnam vets framed for a crime they did not commit. Each week, the show's characters helped innocent people while on the run from the military. Mr. T's role as Sergeant Bosco, B.A. Baracus, relied mainly on the star's unique off-screen personality, of course. The show became another instant hit, and that leads us to his professional wrestling career. At the height of his fame, Mr. T decided to enter the world of professional wrestling. He became the tag team partner of the immortal Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 1, the first ever WrestleMania. Who could forget those vignettes between the Hulkster and Mr. T preparing to take on Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff? just got done saying my prayers man and i just got ready to start hanging and banging and when i started to squeeze the bar brother when i started to pump the 24 inch pythons man yes i did feel the pain you know yes i did feel the separation in the lower ribs the small muscles of the lower back you know and when i felt that pain man all it did was drive me on made me train harder because King Kong Bundy, mastermind magnificent Morocco, and the henchman Bobby Heenan, they set me up, brother. And I live this thing every day, man. Yes, I live with the pain, man. I can handle it, though, you know. Because I get a chairman of the board, let's say. My main man, Mr. T, right here. The chairman of the board of the Hulk Hogan Battle Creed of Ethics. That's right, brother. That's right. The first thing on the agenda says, never surrender. Never. Tell him, man. Tell him. The second thing says, even if your body says no, your spirit always will. Tell him. Tell him. They don't hear you. the last thing is, when everything's on the line and all those Hulkamaniacs are waiting for you, whether you're busted from head to toe, Uh if you've got one good hand left, brother, you crawl towards that ring uh-huh, with everything yeah, you've yeah. got. You climb in that steel cage. Uh-huh. And then King Kong Bundy, if you want the gold, brother, yeah. if you feel like selling your soul, then try to beat me, man. That's right. Try to beat me down in the center of the ring because Mr. T, brother, That's right. there's no way with all the things no way, man. going with uh-huh. us, all the Hulkamaniacs, you better believe you on my side, I brother. you. No way, King Kong Bundy. Somebody so negative, somebody so far in the uh-huh. dark, it's going to take all the Talk life, to him, brother. all the spirit, everything we believe in away from they us. They don't hear you. They don't hear you. Los Angeles, you better hear me. Uh-huh. I'm coming home. I'm going back for my pride. I'm going to get back at King Kong, buddy. Tell him. In the steel's cage that we're climbing in is going to leave a lot of nasty scars on That's King right. Kong Bundy. That's right. They were featured together on the highly popular NBC's Saturday Night Live. They were training, saying their prayers, and eating their vitamins. Hulk and T seemed like a perfect pair as they both were promoting positive messages towards children. After the highly, after the highly successful WrestleMania 1, he was brought back for WrestleMania 2. Remaining with the WWF, Mr. T became a special WWF boxer in the light of his character in Rocky III. Around this time, he also began starring in his own show, TNT. Or should, should I be more descriptive? T and T. It was about a streetwise kid who became a city detective. Like I mentioned, off the heels of WrestleMania 1, he was brought back for WrestleMania 2, and in the spirit of his boxing persona, he participated in a boxing matchup between his rival, Rowdy Roddy Piper. The two did not get along at all, and that was a straight shoot, as me and Gene Okerlund would say. 
the relationship between Roddy Piper and Mr. T, uh, everybody alludes to the fact that uh, uh, they were at odds. That was not a work. That was definitely a shoot. They did not like each other. And I was so close to the situation, doing interviews with both guys at that time, uh, working with them, you know, week in and week out. Uh, you, could, you could feel the uh, intense feelings between the two. Uh, Roddy Piper despised Mr. T. And to be very candid, Mr. T wasn't especially enthralled with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Remember one thing, though. Both men had boxing backgrounds. Sets it up pretty nice, doesn't it? There was so much animosity. Mr. T was so hard to do business with. And like even the day of the garden, Mr. T won two limousines in the garden. Frank Sinatra does it, but T doesn't. He will then I'll just leave, you know, doing that old baloney. Um, and then the fact that I wouldn't, you know, uh, I was taking a firm stand. There was no love in that ring. You got to remember, too, the special referee was Muhammad Ali. And about 10, 12 years before that, I had been in the ring with him and hip-tossed him and brought that up at the press conference. So that's... <laughs> The referee hates my guts, too. <laughs> and all these, all of a sudden, you, you watch. Ali stepped right in there. Oh, look at Ali. Took a shot at Piper. Who goes out? Over there's Hogan in his prime, 310, whatever. Over there's Ali. I got to pick a direction. I got about, you know, a tenth of a second. I'll take Hogan. <laughs> and I did. I got tired of Ali throwing punches. No one can deny the contributions Mr. T made in the wrestling industry. Roddy Piper can state that he was difficult to deal with, but the role he played in the main event of WrestleMania 1 was a huge part of making the event a success and springboarding the juggernaut we all know as WrestleMania to this very day. If anyone's deserving in entering the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, it is certainly Mr. T. He battled through cancer, defying all odds, and still making his presence known. He was the definition of a gimmick, gold chains and all. Mohawk in tow, Mr. T, with his pity the fool phrase, made an impact in any 80s growing boy, or, or growing girl in a sense, any child of the 80s, holds Mr. T near and dear in their hearts. Ten rounds of boxing as part of WrestleMania 2 with Smoke and Joe Frazier in his corner. Mr. T dons the gloves and goes against perhaps one of the most controversial men in the World Wrestling Federation today. My guest at this time, you know him from Piper's Pit. He is the rowdy one. Rowdy, rowdy Piper along with bodyguard Ace Bob Orton. And in your corner on Monday, April the 7th, will be Olympic boxing coach Lou Duva. They're having a hard time training Mr. T for this. He can't seem to get the bowl right. You know when you tie your shoes, how you have to tie it in a bowl? They're spending weeks. You know, one time, Mr. T in a press conference about two weeks ago come out in a kilt on. He was trying to mimic me and try to make fun of me. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, you know, Mr. T, you come out with this kilt on, Try to make fun of me, and never once, 
Never once in my life have I painted myself black and shaved my head trying to look like you, brother. No, because that's never crossed my mind in my entire life. I think about folklore, American folklore. I think they have, there's a song, Team Texas, Team for Tennessee. Doesn't say anything about tea for trash, does it? What about in Piper's Pit when you carved up the hair of the little gentleman, the, the Haiti kid? The little what? Gentleman. The little gentleman, the Haiti kid. When I carved up his hair, the reason I did that is I wanted to get the size comparison to see how far I had to punch down for tea. You see, the A team is going down the tubes. And after WrestleMania, I'll show you, that's two things you can't do, Mr. Ten rounds of boxing, Roddy Piper meets Mr. T, WrestleMania 2, April 7th. And when we return from this short break, as we give a little attention to our tremendous sponsors of the SNS Radio Network and Beyond the Bell, we'll look back at the legendary career of Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> fan of wrestling shoot DVDs, wrestling action figures, wrestling memorabilia? The SNS Radio Network is an affiliate of HighSpots.com. So when you go to the SNS Radio Network site, click on the High Spots banner on the main page, and it takes you directly to High Spots. Now, I'm not saying you need to buy something from HighSpots.com, but if you do, you're helping to support the SNS Radio Network by going through High Spots on the link on the SNS Radio Network page. And every purchase gives a kickback to the SNS Radio Network, helping us keep all the programming here free for you. If you trained, say your prayers, and ate your vitamins, then you'll love the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster as we relive our childhood hero. From the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid-80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order and then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network, brother. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. From Stones Mountain, Georgia, weighing 249 pounds. What kind of man am I? Cruel but fair, that's true. Trust me. Jake the Snake Roberts! Standing ovation for this capacity crowd for Jake the Snake Roberts. They're on their feet. You don't play around with people like me. Because people like me, we just don't play. Are we going to see it? This could be a yes. Look at that. 
Intimidation has always been the key to my success. And that's why the DDT has always worked. Yeah, what's in the bag? Damien? Oh, Damien will get his dinner, and he lusts for you. that sits behind these cold eyes, my man. If this devil gets a hold of you, brother, you don't come back. I've always been the snake you should worry about. You are a sick man, Jake Roberts. Thank you very much. Aurelian Smith Jr. was born on May 30th, 1955. He is the son of professional wrestler Grizzly Smith and half-brother of wrestler Sam Houston and Rockin' Robin. Jake had a very bizarre family life, to say the least, which is detailed in depth in his Pick Your Poison DVD that the WWE released in the mid-2000s. He made his wrestling debut in 1975, and he wrestled primarily in Georgia, Texas, and the Oklahoma Territories before joining the World Wrestling Federation in 1986. Robert's pro wrestling career was one of enthralling work on the mic, a powerful connection with the audience, and a darkness slashing away at him inside the squared circle Roberts was a predator but outside of it his demons did the biting Roberts went on to become one of the most recognizable stars of the 1980s his story is one of captivating feuds and Mike performances worthy of the Hall of Fame but it's a story one can't tell without bringing up his failings and the tragedy that has surrounded him. His Pick Your Poison DVD goes into great detail for those interested. I recommend watching it because it was the initial DVD of its series, really one that cut close to the heart of the autobiographical compilations, mixing interviews, matches, segments, all together promos to create a great biography DVD and pick your poison was just that it dove into a narrative that sounded like fiction drugs murder incest have all surrounded Jake it's no wonder then that when he delivered a wrestling promo it was often so chilling 
Roberts was a sinister hypnotist and one of wrestling's greatest poets. He so often managed to funnel his own dark past into his wrestling, but it also sunk his career at times. He will be remembered for inventing and remaining the master of the DDT. He'll be known as one of the best in terms of in-ring psychology and one of the greatest wrestlers to never win a championship with WWE. We documented this before on Beyond the Bell. Before he ever hoisted a snake-filled bag over his shoulder, Robert's career began in the South wrestling territories. This is where we'll begin. After stints in Florida and Dallas, Roberts had many of his first successes while wrestling for Mid-South Wrestling. Check out that DVD, a great one. He often wore long, loose-fitting red pants that he seemed to go towards now on the independent circuit. He wasn't as toned as most wrestlers. Instead, his wiry frame slinked around the ring. Despite not looking like the average athlete, Jake was fluid and compelling. Fans found that in his battles against Lord Humongous, Ric Flair and his feuds with Dick Slater and Ron Garvin, he and Slater fought over the Mid-South North American title in a rivalry that saw Slater choking Roberts with Jake hitting a DDT on Slater's valet, Dark Journey. I'll take Jake Roberts on, and then I'll not only be the greatest North American title holder of all time, but also the greatest television title of all time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you hear the tremendous roar of the crowd. There is the man with the DDT. This is my time, not your time. You can get out of here. It might be your time, Dick Slater, but I'll tell you something. You said you wanted a TV title, my man. I kind of like the way that looks, you know what I mean? If you don't think the DDT is the best thing, you better try remembering something. How did I get the TV title, huh? I dropped you on your head, my man. That's how I got the TV title. Well, if you want to throw out something, why don't we both? Why don't we both put them up? Let me tell you something, Jake, the Snake Roberts. If you want a title shot for the North American title with me, with me, then let's do it my way and not your way. We'll just extend the DDT. We won't use the DDT. It's not use the DDT, I mean. Take away the DDT. Take away the DDT. You're telling me you'll put this on the line if I won't use the DDT? Hey, man. You know, they may call you Mr. Unpredictable. They may call you Mr. Unpredictable, but they should never call you stupid because that's the best thing I got out of this. It's the best thing I got going, and you're going to take that away from me. That's the only way? That's it. That's the only way I'll sign a match. Take the DDT away. I'll sign a match at any time. I'll tell you what, Slater. You keep out of my face one more time. That's it. Let me tell you something, Slater. I won't use an EDT until you get that Jezebel out of here. Is that good enough for you, my man? Are you trying to cheese nothing? Get her out of here. She's trash, Slater. She looks good, but she's still trash. All right. 
Dark Journey has, has sprayed something in the face of Jake the Snake Roberts. It's pandemonium. Jake has it. It wasn't long after that scintillating feud that WWF came a-calling. In 1986, the World Wrestling Federation was on the rise. Vince McMahon plucked stars from territories from all around the globe, especially in the United States. But few were as big as Roberts. Playing off his snake nickname, the WWF had Roberts carry a python named Damien to the ring. This was more than a prop. It was an extension of Roberts' persona. He was just as dangerous and unpredictable as the snake in that very bag. Soon after his debut, he attacked George Wells with Damien. Roberts followed his WrestleMania II victory by wrapping the python around Wells' neck and torso. Wells vomited during the attack, which only added to Robert's mystique. Fans never saw a superstar like this before. Jake's first real feud was against legendary Hall of Famer Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. During a match, Roberts hit Steamboat with a DDT on the floor, an infamous spot that legitimately knocked him straight out. When the dragon recovered, he had plenty of motivation to seek revenge. It is because Ricky Steamboat can't. He's got one thing to think about when he steps into that ring, and that's me and the evil this man can come up with. You see, I was born a human, but I turned into a beast. Not because of what I wanted, but because of what you've demanded. This is 1986, man. Good guys finish last, don't you know that? Ask them all, all down the line, ask them. Good guys will finish last. Why? Because they don't have that much to offer but a smile. I've got the smile, but there's no smile of any child that you've seen. It's the smile of a very hungry man. I'm a giver, but when I give, I take right back. I don't want your body, I want your soul. Your body, that's for Damien to play with. And I'm telling you, Steamboat, Tuesday night, He's going to get all he wants. We're all talking about you, Jake oh, the Snake yeah. Roberts, against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I cannot believe that any man in his right mind, after being burnt the way I burned you, Steamboat, I dropped you like a bad habit, my man, on a concrete floor. They carted you out on a stretcher, and you don't have enough sense to back up. You have made the biggest mistake of your life when you turned your back on me the first time. And now you've made the second biggest mistake, and that's wanting to come back and try for a little piece of me. Well, Steamboat, I'm not a hard man to find, my man. If you want something, I'm here to give it to you. I'll let you have your shot, but you remember this. You turn your back for one second. One second. 
I'll hook your head, and I'll take you down again. And let's see what kind of snake I bring out of the bag. Maybe I'll bring something that rattles a little bit, huh? This led to a number of memorable battles between the two, including a match on Saturday night's main event, where Steamboat fended off Roberts and Damien with a Komodo dragon. What better to battle a snake than with a dragon? Damien remained a central figure, either as a weapon lying in wait in the corner while Roberts hosted his snake pit segments, or as a means to torture his adversaries. You know, Steamboat, you made your first mistake when you turned your back right there on Saturday Night Live. I took advantage of it. That's all I'd done. So the people out there can't be calling me names saying, well, what a cheap shot artist he is. I took advantage of it. You played with my time. You didn't think enough of me that you could turn your back and play Gaga with some fan. Well, that's your mistake. And that was your first mistake. The DDT on the concrete floor, you have to admit was an awesome thing. When I turned you over and I seen your face already starting to swell, I have to tell you the truth, man, it made me feel good inside. Chills ran up my spine as I drug you into that ring and laid that snake on you. And you know why I do that? Because I get off on that steamboat. Now here you are making your second mistake. Possibly your final mistake, because you see, with me you don't get three strikes. You get two. Only two. Because when you get the DDT, you can lay out any game you want because you control it, and I do. Among the men who Roberts attacked using Damien was the first ever WWE Hall of Famer, the great Andre the Giant. Andre's fear of snakes helped balance out their size difference during their feud. Jake chased off the big man with a snake, which at one point gave Andre a kayfabe heart attack. Their feud culminated at WrestleMania 5, where Roberts picked up the win when Andre attacked special guest referee Big John Studd. And now Jake the Snake Roberts in the snake pit. You know, at this time, we know we're just a short time away. Like Sands going through an hourglass, time's running out for a few. One is Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk on March 29th, my man. I'm very patient, but I'm going to take mine out on you. You see, the difference between you and I is you're a tail shaker and I'm a bone breaker. Born, sealed, and delivered the day I was born. Now, also on March 29th, I like to think of something happening, something going down, such as two worlds colliding. It's going to be unbelievable. It's something that this man, my next guest, has never faced. For the first time in his life, Hulk Hogan is going to be facing overwhelming odds. Come on in, champ. You know, for the first time in your life, man, the odds makers, the odds makers ain't picking you to do it. You know what I'm saying? You understand? They're saying you ain't gonna come out on top this time. Well, you know, I know what a whole lot of people are saying, Jake. Snake man, and I know what the odds makers are saying. But that don't really matter to me what a whole lot of people are saying. But he's so big and so strong, man. Well, you know what the mistake is, my man? The belt that you got in your hand right there, that's for a man that hasn't done it yet, man. This is where it's at right here. This is what's happening. 
He's gonna defame this belt, beat me one, two, three, before he can wear that man. And I doubt seriously at this point in time that's gonna happen, man. Yeah, but the president. And you gotta admit, man, this is strange for me to be saying, and it's strange for a lot of people to accept. Has went so far as to make a special belt that will fit Andre the Giant. They've never made a belt for nobody else. They didn't make it for Bundy. They didn't make it for anybody. But they don't think you're gonna do it, man. I'm telling you, that's what everybody's saying. Well, you know, I can understand that, man. I can understand the non-believers that haven't been Hulkamaniacs for three long years, that haven't felt every kick, every punch, every body slam. I can understand it. I can comprehend it. Seeing seven foot four, 550 pound Andre the Giant, I can understand how the whole world Maybe some of the non-believers might think that this is the most dangerous threat to the world heavyweight title. But they don't know the whole story, man. They don't know how it all went down, how Andre the Giant was on the verge of greatness. Now he's on the verge of disaster with Bobby the Weasel Heenan. And they don't know the man like we all do. But you gotta admit, Hulk, feel of that. There's a lot of gold there, brother. And there's a lot of people I'm not saying I'm one because I keep my own thoughts to myself. But there's a lot of people sitting out there, and there's a lot of people sitting on their cans at home and saying, you know, you're out here talking about it, vitamins and prayers and teach your children that maybe that's just a spare tire in your life, that it's not the steering wheel. And all I'm saying to you is this, March 29th, when worlds collide, we're going to find out who the real champion is. Well, you know, first things first, you can take this back because I don't need it. Oh, yeah, it's a huge belt, man. It's a huge belt for a huge man. Probably 70-inch girth around his waist. And, oh, yeah, seven foot four, 550 pounds, man. He's a monster, no doubt. But, you know, he doesn't have what it takes to carry the whole load, man. To be the world's heavyweight champion, you've got to live this thing, man. You gotta live this 24 hours a day, and the burden that would go on the Giants' back. He doesn't have enough heart, man. He doesn't have enough guts in here to carry the load. And for all you non-believers out there that just recently jumped on the bandwagon and who may not be full-fledged Hulkamaniacs, you can play with this toy all you want until the 29th, brother. But on that day, go ahead and put it in a box because you're not gonna be needing it. Roberts later showed why one should never trust a snake when he turned on the ultimate warrior. Warrior sought help in facing the Undertaker, but at first, it looked like Roberts was out to teach Warrior how to control his inner darkness and how to battle a man as intimidating as the Undertaker. Instead, Roberts suckered Warrior into opening a casket that had a cobra waiting inside. Roberts laughed as Warrior writhed in pain, venom running through Warrior's veins. Now, now we've gotten to the place that holds it all, brother. Inside this dark room, my man, there's a coffin. And in that coffin, Lucifer himself. And you know what Lucifer has for you? Final piece to the puzzle. You've trusted me to this point. You've reached out and you've given me your hand and you believed in me. You opened your soul and let me have it. But you need to step inside this room because in this room is that coffin and Lucifer sits waiting for you. 
reach in the, grab him by the throat, and let him give you the answer. The trust I had before did me no wrong. The ultimate warrior has no fear. Let me in. Stand back, my man. <laughs> Sounds real nice, doesn't it? Go on. It's dark, but you're not afraid of darkness. Learn to live. Learn to slide in, my man. Go for it. You'll find the answer in the center of the room, warrior. I know it's dark, but find it. I'm stepping on. What is it, Snake Man? Oh, you, maybe uh, I'll shed a little light on the subject for you there, big guy. Ah! Huh? What do you think ah! about that, warrior? Ah! Just ah! a few friends of mine, huh? Ah! Oh, just little friends of mine. Ah! Come on, they're just snakes. Just a little skin prick, nothing that'll hurt you. You can do it, warrior. If you want the answer, you'll reach into the coffin and find what the Undertaker is made of. Now, come on, let's get to the center of the room, Spoke brother. nothing of this, Snake Man. Oh, come on, it's part of what you've been through. You were buried in dirt. You were buried in a casket, and I brought you through it. Trust me. Trust me, go to the center of the room. Snake we're at all of that, man. Come on. Slide your feet along that way. Don't step on the snakes. Move them out of your way. Easy. Easy. There's no need to harm them. Don't harm them. Open the coffin away. But you gotta get closer to see the answer. It's inside. I promise. I swear to you, warrior. And all I believe. It's there. Is your blood pumping, warrior? Take care of yourself. Relax, I've told you. Getting a little sick now, huh? It's part of it. The venom racing through your body. Sorry, no, no, big man. Come on. Oh, yeah, that's nice, huh? Come on, don't you give up. No, it's not over yet. Come on, warrior. Fight all you want. Fight all you want, warrior. There's nothing left to give me, is there? Huh? Drop, warrior. Drop like the common man that you are. The poison runs through your veins. Huh? Goodbye, cool world. Goodbye. Goodbye, warrior. <laughs> That's what happens to all good men. <laughs> ah, the man in black. Why don't you come and see how the devil's work is done? <laughs> he fights to survive. Warrior.
reach out for me. I'm a snake. Never trust a snake. <laughs> As effective as he was playing the merciless villain, Robert excelled at being a fan favorite as well. He was the edgy rebel fans could get behind. That's the role he played in his infamous historic battles with ravishing Rick Rude. This is a feud we'll soon discuss in our famous feud series in the upcoming weeks on BTB. Roberts vs. Rude, what a feud. Some say it's the definition of what a feud should be. True rivalry. I'm DiBiase. Isn't that what I always told you when you were growing up? I mean, things happen. You get your way sometimes. Sometimes you don't. Well, I've got my way now. You know, I couldn't have been happier taking this from you because this is what bothered you. Not physical punishment. you got to hit a man where he lives. And you live in your wallet, my man. That's the way you've been. You had this all made up. It is very nice. I must admit, it's very nice. And every snake deserves one of these. You dared the wrong man, DiBiase. You played a game with the wrong man because you found out the snake plays no games. It's very simple. If you want it, if you really want it bad, then you have to come and get it. Some say Robert's best feud may have been opposite rude the emotion that their story created rub audiences raw it began when rude hit on robert's wife cheryl roberts he tried to kiss her but she slapped him away we'll go into this in much great detail on that special famous feuds edition roberts had come charging down to ringside to save his wife from rude who looked moments away from retaliating against cheryl to infuriate Jake, Rude began wearing tights with Cheryl's face spray-painted on his crotch. Roberts has better and bigger matches than his work with Rude, no doubt about it. But nothing felt as personal as this rivalry. Still, Roberts found a way to make every feud memorable and moving. He nailed his interviews and his feuds, especially the one against the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. He took a nasty guitar shot from the honky-tonk man that led him to their battle at WrestleMania 3. You know, in this wild and wonderful world of professional wrestling, you're running into a lot of strange people with a lot of strange names. But the strangest name I've ever heard belongs to my next guest because myself, I think it's kind of stupid. Let's introduce the honky-tonk man. I mean, what kind of name is that for any man, huh? Huh? Honky Tonk Man. What kind of name is that? You're not afraid of snakes, are you? First of all, I, you don't have to worry about my name. See, my mama named me the Honky Tonk Man because I was born on a pool table at Joe's Bar and Grill in Memphis, Tennessee. You're too much. Now, you, you're going to come out here. What are you going to do for us today? You're going to show us some talent. That's what you told me. First of all, I know all... He loves to hear music. He loves music. Do you play a flute? Oh, come on. I know all of my fine fans, all the people that voted for the Honky Tonk Man and gave me all this support I needed, they want to hear the Honky Tonk Man sing. They want to hear me do my Honky Tonk song. You're going to sing? Well, will you sing to him? Oh, come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on. 
If you keep the snake back, the honky-tonk man will sing, okay? Are you going to sing for us now? What are you going to sing? Huh? What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing my song that I put out that Elvis Presley imitated. He tried to take it away from the honky-tonk man. It's called That's All Right, Honky-Tonk Mama. Get him back there, Come on, guys. All right. All right. I'll quit. I'll quit. I'll quit. I know that you want to do this. I want you to go ahead and make a complete idiot of yourself and sing something. Well, I'm not going to make an idiot of myself, but I'm fixing to sing. I know they're already out there. Are you ready, Colonel? Ready. You ready, Colonel? Here, I'll hold the microphone over here and the snake over here. Just keep the snake back. The honky-tonk man's ready. I know how. Shut your filthy mouth! Okay, here we go now. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. What's wrong with my guitar? Well! You two guys are too much, you know that? You two guys ain't got no guts. Your voice stinks, your voice stinks. You know what I mean, huh? You know what I mean? You made an idiot of yourself. Martell blinded him with cologne, the arrogance, before they battled in a blindfold match at WrestleMania 7. Yes, the first ever blindfold match between superstars in the World Wrestling Federation. But they made it work. Earthquake instigated a feud between them by squashing Damien. If you notice a pattern here, all the feuds hit the heart of the fan. They can sympathize with Jake or they can hate Jake. He was never in a boring feud. The macho man Randy Savage served as his other great foe. During this rivalry, Jake showed off his villainous side, toying and torturing Savage and his wife Elizabeth. The two enemies had great chemistry in the ring and both told emotional stories during their battles on Saturday night's main event. And this Tuesday in Texas, one of the most jaw-dropping moments of their rivalry was when Roberts tied Savage in the ring ropes and had a snake bite Savage on the arm. My jaw dropped being a wrestling fan. The years immediately following his first WWE run did not bring as much success. Roberts wandered from various promotions, never able to have the kind of impact that he had against the likes of Savage and Rude. His biggest WCW feud, however, was against Sting. Welcome back to TBS, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with Jake the Snake Roberts. And seven days ago in the Baltimore Arena, you returned to assault Sting. And I know, let's just cut right to the chase. You and I have known each other a long, long time. Why did you do it? Well, you don't know me that well. But I will say this. Why did I do it? Why not? 
Why not? If you want to get someone's attention, do I go out and slap the ring boy that takes the jackets back? Do I slap the referee? No. I step right up to the big gun, the one that the WCW has idolized, and jerk a knot in him. That's what you do. If you want to get somebody's attention, go to the front of the line, man. Slap the guy up front. And Sting, you were the guy up front. Yesterday on WCW Saturday Night, Cowboy Bill Watts seemed perhaps a little perplexed because you officially do not wrestle for WCW, but they're investigating this whole situation. Charges could be filed. Well, I'm sure that's what Sting's thinking about right now. That would be the smart thing for you to do, Sting. Have me charged with assault. Let the police arrest me. Don't you take it on your own to think you're man enough for one moment to step up and take care of this business. Now, if WCW wants to do something about this, they can charge me with assault. Or you can get out that paper and put the right number down, and I can sign that paper. But Sting, here's what I'm telling you, the smart thing for you to do, and all I'm asking from you is this one thing. Quit. Quit while the quitting's good, because if you step up in front of me, man, I'm not afraid to pull that trigger. I'm not afraid to kick that box out from under you, man. That's exactly what I'll do. Fans, we're just about out of time here, but we'll be speaking more with Jake the Snake Roberts uh, tonight at 9 o'clock on AM 750 WSB, and we'll be taking some calls from, I'm sure, some Sting fans tonight. <laughs> What's left of them? And Sting, don't make the mistake of stepping in front of me, because I will pull that trigger. Fans, the main event continues here on TBS right after this timeout. The two collided in a coal miner's glove match at Halloween Havoc 1992, one of its kind, and Jake made it work and made it original. It was his only pay-per-view match with the company. Roberts later briefly wrestled for Mexico's AAA promotion, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and various independent promotions. He was clearly out of shape in some of these bouts, and many speculated that he was also intoxicated from his unflattering appearance on the Beyond the Mat documentary to his own admission, in which he also felt that the documentary didn't portray him in the proper light and took things out of context. Robert's battles with alcohol addiction and drug use were no secret. He stated that he was drinking when he was 11, when he first started, and had his first uh, marijuana joint when he was 18. But when he was in his prime, the bright lights helped hide his personal issues. But when he transitioned into his post-WWF career, they were impossible to ignore. Stories that we've heard many times on Roberts having a breakdown in the ring were far too common. Unfortunately, Robert's story has chapters after these disturbing ones. However, he returned to the World Wrestling Federation in the mid-90s. After spending over a year in hiatus, Roberts returned to the WWF at the Royal Rumble in 1996 as a Bible-preaching babyface. To go along with his new gimmick, his new albino Burmese python was named Revelations. His gimmick also mirrored his real life, as Roberts had recently become a born-again Christian and had been preaching around the country. He hoped this to be the new path for Jake. He thought this would take him out of his dark side. During his second tenure with the company, Roberts was pushed as a Cinderella story and faced Stone Cold Steve Austin in the final match of the King of the Ring tournament. Due to injuries received at the hands of Big Van Vader, the Mastodon Vader in the WWF, in their semifinal match that night, Austin easily defeated him 
and in a post-match interview mocked his recital, of course, of the biblical passage, John 3.16, which made Austin infamous with his Austin 3.16 promo. The catchphrase would help propel Austin to the top of the World Wrestling Federation, as we're documenting now on the Stone Cold Chronicles on Beyond the Bell. It is often known as one of the moments that is cited as the beginning of the Attitude Era, along with WrestleMania 13, Survivor Series 97, and WrestleMania 14. Roberts next feuded with Jerry the King Lawler, who went to great lengths to ridicule Roberts' past bouts against alcoholism. Then in November of 1996, Roberts, Vader, and Brother Love appeared on the ABC sitcom Boy Meets World for one episode. In early 1997, the WWF wanted Roberts to wind down his in-ring career and to join the backstage side of the company. This truly would have been a great fit for Jake. Since he still loved to wrestle, he didn't make the transition too well. This led to a relapse with drugs and alcohol. His last appearance with the WWF was at the 1997 Royal Rumble, where he entered at number 7 and was eliminated by none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was then fired in February of 97. According to the Pick Your Poison DVD, after his firing, his longtime wife Cheryl filed for divorce. From that point, Jake battled his demons back and forth for several years, traveling the independent circuit. I think all the smart fans, even maybe the not-so-smart fans out there, remember the infamous Blackjack promo. You have 21, I've got 22. We won't go into too much detail regarding that, but it showed his darker side as his demons now weren't hidden on the camera, as most often, like I mentioned, when he went through that curtain, went to the ring, you never, you couldn't tell anything was wrong with Jake. He seemed dark, of course, but that was his character. But now, his backstage, his personal issues were bleeding out into the ring, out to the fans, and on television. He made a brief appearance as well in the early 2000s when Randy Orton was promoting his legend killer gimmick. You saw Jake loved the electricity from the fans. He loved it. And that energy he felt, it seemed to just pick him up a little bit. But he just didn't look right, didn't look healthy. And during a segment where we saw Jake get RKO'd by Randy Orton. It seems to me I need to reintroduce your brain to your mouth because you're talking out your ass. Now, as a favor, and because I, uh, I like you, <laughs> I will shut your hole. You understand? That's what a man says. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Do you understand that? Be careful. It's only respect. Be careful. Jake, I've learned a lot of lessons in my life. And I've heard that when you face The Undertaker, it's not only about winning or losing. It's about leaving the ring with your soul. Now, I've heard a lot 
I've heard a lot from a lot of guys that say they'd left, they left the ring after being defeated from The Undertaker with a cold, empty feeling inside. Well, you should know a little bit about that, Jake. Because you were one of his victims, right? WrestleMania 8! How'd you feel when you left the ring that night? Cold? Empty? Afraid? Because, Jake, that's a lesson that I refuse to learn to be afraid because I'm not afraid to make an impact. And at WrestleMania, when I end Undertaker's winning streak, I will have made a bigger impact than you have made your entire career. <laughs> you, 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 want, you want some impact? Do you really want some impact? I tell you what, I'm going to show you 12 feet of impact, all right? Oh, no, I knew it! I knew it! Oh, no. Let's get out of there if I were you, Randy Orton. Hey, look at this! That was the last we saw of Jake in the WWF slash WWE. And it's very ironic that the last move he took in the big company, the company that made him, so to speak, was an RKO, which is also known originally as the Diamond Cutter. And that Diamond Cutter would be not just his last move taken at that time, but also his savior. Diamond Dallas Page took Jake the Snake Roberts in and helped him both to shed off excess poundage that he had and to begin the journey back to sobriety. DDP took him into his home in Atlanta, Georgia, brought him in and renamed the house the Accountability Crib. It's all documented on DDP TV as well as DDPYoga.com. I suggest checking it out. This is truly an inspirational story and they're currently working on the documentary known as the resurrection of jake the snake roberts despite all of his problems jake persevered his life changed for the better when he hooked up with ddp dallas has made it known on any interview he's done especially at a special speech that capped off jake's career that jake took him in ddp in a sense to learn the business jake was DDP's mentor. Now the roles were reversed and DDP became Jake's mentor. The accountability crib provided a new home, a new lease on life for Jake. Jake started to get better using DDP yoga, eating healthy and following the positive attitude that DDP in a sense at nauseum projects to all of his friends and as well his customers of DDP yoga, his fans, you name it. He's so pos positively Page. That's his name. But Jake stuck with it. He stumbled a couple of times, of course. 
But like Jake or like DDP said on his most recent interview, I heard 96% of the time he's on track. He's had a couple slip ups, but he got right back up when the old Jake would just ignore it and fall down back into that darkness. He picked himself back up in 2003. His time in the house, the accountability crib was featured on HBO's real sports with Brian Gumbel. The son of a pro wrestler, he'd been neglected by his father, raised by an alcoholic relative, and sexually molested along the way. Troubled youth, troubled family. And how does that apply to wrestling? Greatest actor of all time. <laughs> you learn to lie. So you simply adapt. I'm doing it right now. I will play on your emotions. It's what I do. <laughs> and I love you, man. I respect you, too. But that has nothing to do with that. It's just that I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm you're going to hurt me, Frank. You're afraid I'm going to hurt you? Yeah. Why are you afraid I'm going to hurt you, Jake? It's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. Yeah. Throughout his career, Roberts was hooked on crack and booze. Afterwards, the money disappeared, but the addiction stayed. And Roberts, broken alone, waited to die. And then one day, his phone rang. I picked up, and it was Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page, DDP to his legion of fans, had himself been one of the most celebrated wrestlers of all time, known for his flowing locks, his beefy build, and that famous move, the Diamond Cutter. His road to the top had been charted by a mentor, a man who taught him everything he knew, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake Roberts, the guy that gave me the knowledge when no one else believed in me. What'd you teach him? I taught him how to read people. Psychology. Some of the sick shit. Do you remember any specific thing that, that Jake told you? Do this, do that. Well, the most important thing he told me was Take control of your own destiny. Jake Roberts should have died, I don't know, 10 or 12 times. But today, <sighs> different cat. Scott Hall was in so much pain, he was trying to drink himself to death. Not anymore. And when you get going like that, you sound like an evangelist. I, I guess I am to a certain I believe what I'm saying. Paige knows there are no guarantees for his friends. Paul says he's learned too much to say his battle with booze is history. And Roberts is too scared to even think about leaving. But for now, at least, they seem happy, living out their golden years together, one day at a time. The following year, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. This past year, we all witnessed history as Jake was a part of this huge class being inducted in New Orleans, Louisiana, a part of the Mid-South Territory where, he, where it all began for him. And he was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Jake's initial goal once he came into the accountability crib was to make it to the Royal Rumble. He wanted to enter the Rumble as, of course, one of the, the legendary surprise appearances or, or entrance and make the crowd pop and feel that energy. He wanted that. 
He made it known on numerous occasions. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but prior to the Rumble, he did live part of that dream. He surprisingly showed up at the end of Old School Raw in January of this past year. You gotta, you gotta be kidding me! You, are you kidding me? That, I, I see, I, I see the ghost of Jarvis. Jake the Snake Roberts. What on earth? I've got chills out of here. We're going old school. And here come the outlaws. It's CM Punk. smile on Dean's face CM Punk had to remind Jake a little bit that this is PG but Jake was on WWE television looking healthy looking thinner he cut his hair which was thinning and just didn't look healthy he had light in his eyes he smiled and he looked like he enjoyed being there and it fulfilled his dream Jake's career achievements are so often overshadowed by his demons one can't help but root for him to defeat these foes the way he defeated his opponents in the ring. For him to dish out a DDT to his addictions was his true salvation. Jake has done it. It's not over. His journey, his road ahead will still go on and still be a challenge. But Jake made it. He became a member of the WWE Hall of Fame. We all felt it in his speech. The power the emotion he had, Jake felt it. And even in his Hall of Fame promo, he had you captivated, just like his promos in his heyday. Jake was one of the best stickmen of all time. He didn't have to raise his voice or yell, speaking that monotone even quiet at times, similar to what Bray Wyatt uses to this day. Jake can just grab you with a look, 
He was so good. And I think he still could be utilized to this very day. If things go well with him in the future, I don't see why there won't be a spot for him backstage as an agent or producer to help the young talent. And that's what he would like to do to carry on his mind, his wisdom as he exceeded his father's expectations. His dad never thought he'd make it. He didn't have the support like others had, but he did. And he will go down as one of the greatest superstars, one of the greatest promo men, one of the greatest in-ring psychologists of all time. You did it, Jake. Congratulations. The innovator of the DDT made it to the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the snsradionetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us. Your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. Spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. We're a unit. The four horsemen are not four individuals. Anytime you see the four horsemen together, it's something special. We are the studs in professional wrestling. Were you a kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-rodding, jet-flying son of a gun? Well, then you will love the Horseman Files on Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast. Host Sean Beckerman breaks down the history of one of the most illustrious groups in professional wrestling, the Four Horsemen. Each edition 
breaks down each year in horseman history and the impact they played on the industry. So get your bomber jacket and aviator sunglasses ready and tune into the Horseman Files on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network. I don't want to blow our own horn, but two, two, we're the best team in professional wrestling throughout history. Hey, yo, say hello to the bad guy. Our match of the week, of course, should involve Jake the Snake Roberts. He's had many great matches. His battles with Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage, as we documented earlier, classics. But I want you to go back to WrestleMania 7. We talked about it briefly when we recapped his legendary career. The blindfold match between Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick the Model Martel. You know, like we said, Jake was a good wrestler, but by no means he was the best, but he knew how to make any match work. His psychology was legendary. This match is great, not because of the action, so to speak, but because of its significance in wrestling history. The match between Jake and the Model was a blindfold match, first of its kind, especially on WrestleMania. Both wrestlers wore black hoods over their heads so they couldn't see. This came about because earlier in the year, like we mentioned, the mist, the arrogance was sprayed in Jake's eyes, blinding him. The match was decent, but the, the psychology of the match is what made it what it is known for, what it's famous for. So I want you to go back, not because when we talk about match of the week, I'm not just going to give you five star technical classics. We're talking about psychology of wrestling, too, and the impact it played as a fan. This match worked because it played on your psychology just by pointing and both superstars use the crowd's reactions to gauge their movements in the ring. When you have a stack card that you could have at WrestleMania, not to say WrestleMania 7 had that, as you've had so many forgettable matches during that year as WrestleMania, but when you deal with a major event with which peaks such fan interest and emotions, you need some different, uh, some variety in the card, and this match certainly was that. The crowd was really into the match. It's hard to dispute that. They all wanted to see Jake get his revenge on the model. To this day, it's the only blindfold match ever on WWF slash WWE pay-per-view. Go back, take a look, match of the week. Not saying it's a five-star classic, but psychology, knowing how to work a crowd, and its originality is what makes it the match of the week. Jake Roberts versus Rick the Model Martel, the blindfold match from WrestleMania 7. Fans, thank you so much for joining us on another edition of the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the world by storm here on the SNS Radio Network Beyond the Bell. Another edition in the books as we close the part two, chapter two, you could say, in the 2014 WWE Hall of Fame. The careers on Mr. T and Jake Roberts have been documented. I think we can go even further into the career of Jake the Snake, talk more in depth of his career in Mid-South, talk about his tremendous heel run. But I know for sure in the coming weeks that we're going to look 
specifically and dig deeper into the feud between himself and ravishing Rick Rude. This involved his wife, Cheryl. So on our next edition of the Famous Feud series, expect to go back in time and relive the feud between Jake the Snake Roberts and Ravishing Rick Rude. I'm so excited to relive that historic rivalry. As we enter next month, we arrive at SummerSlam month here on Beyond the Bell. Coming up on Beyond the Bell, of course, is SummerSlam month. We look back at the summer extravaganza for WWE. Arguably the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. The Royal Rumble's creeping up there. I think some may believe that it's surpassed it. But this whole month, we're going to dedicate to SummerSlam. We'll look back at the greatest matches and moments in SummerSlam history. The sounds of SummerSlam. The theme songs throughout the history of the great event. All leading up to the special live pre-show. The pre-pre-show for SummerSlam. It will air live on the SNS Radio Network before the pre-show on WWE.com and the WWE Network right before the big event. And that will all be live on the SNS Radio Network stream, so stay tuned. Remember, you can check the entire archive of Beyond the Bell at ringannouncing.com and btbcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at BTBCast and at Sean Beckerman. Facebook.com forward slash BTBCast. Share your memories and thoughts on the Beyond the Bell hotline via the SpeakPipe app at BTBCast.com. You can send emails as well with your memories at BeyondTheBell at BTBCast.com or post them up on Facebook. Time to take it home with some old school music. In spirit of Jake the Snake Roberts' resurrection, quote-unquote resurrection, I can't wait to watch the autobiography from DDP, made by DDP and company, about the resurrection of Jake the Snake. The original theme song for Jake the Snake, Snake Bit, was remixed, remastered with a 2014 version and released this year on iTunes. It was a part of the WrestleMania 30 2014 album. So in celebration of the legendary Jake the Snake Roberts and all he's achieved, we'll take it home with a resurrected theme of the week, Snake Bit, the new version, the remix version, the modern day Jake the Snake theme on the SNS radio network here on Beyond the Bell. Until next week, fans, when we rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling, Sean Beckerman signing off. Remember, as always, stay old school. My friends.
Jake the Snake Roberts, the match is at hand. Well, well, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line, namely the Million Dollar Belt. Oh, yeah. It can be yours once again. You see, all you have to do to get it back is go through Damien and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you. People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them. And you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg, DiBiase. You are going to get down on your hands and knees. This time, you'll be the one that's humbled. This time, you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time, you will be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate <laughs> that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of avarice. Get ready to feel the heat, old school fans, as your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell, brings you the live pre-show to Sunday Night Showdown, presenting SummerSlam, one hour before the showdown, your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, covers the history of SummerSlam, the greatest moments most memorable matches and superstars will share your thoughts and memories live and break down the upcoming card. So get ready to feel the heat as we celebrate the biggest event of the summer, SummerSlam, with the live pre-show to Sunday Night Showdown here on SNSRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> 